When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. And my God will never fail. Yes, my God will never Come on, church, sing that this morning. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory.
today church I hope you're as excited as I am to be here what a great morning we started a brand new year a brand new season we're kicking it off we're gonna start with fasting and all kinds of cool things my dad's gonna be talking about today I want to just take a moment and pray this is our opportunity a part of our worship where we just reflect you're gonna be hearing a message that's also part of our worship but this is the moment to just engage with God and a lot of times that can be hard if you've got a lot of things going on in your life, financial, mental health, physical health, relational, any number of things going on in your world, your stress, your anxiety is up. It's hard to focus and be centered here. So we're going to just pray. Anybody got needs today? Nobody? Okay. I'll just pray for myself. Y'all can just hang out. <laughs> We've got needs here. So as we pray... Can I just encourage you? I'm going to pray uh, because I have the mic. I can hand it to one of you if you want to do that. But if you've got needs, can you just lift them up to God right now? This I can't do that for you, but we're going to come together as a family. This is what brings us, unifies us as a community is when we begin to lift up our needs and be begin to see God act on our behalf. Suddenly there's something powerful that takes place. We all begin are able to say, God has shown up. I can't deny it. But he can't show up when we're not inviting him into it. So let's invite him into what we've got going on and use this time of worship to just really become present in what he's doing. Can we just pray together real quick? Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that your words teaches us that you didn't even hold back your son. The most valuable thing to you in, in all of creation, in all of the world, in all of the universe, your son Scripture tells us you didn't even hold back on sending him to take our off the sin of the world, to, to remove the brokenness, to engage us in relationships. So if you're not even willing to hold back your son, Father, we know that you are invested and care about the needs and the circumstances going on in our world. We lift up to you the needs in our congregation, in our family, in our church family this morning. For those who lifted their hands and who didn't, but who knew that it was, it was them, that things are going on. Father, I pray that we would just, as we lift them up, that you would just exchange it for peace. A greater sense of your presence and an awareness of your control. Father, lead us and guide us. We thank you for your faithfulness. You are worthy of our praise. In your name we pray. Amen. And I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me. 
You won't fail me now in the waiting. The same God who's never late is working all things out. You're working all things out. And yes, I will lift you up in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name.
Awesome job, worship team. You may be seated. Good morning. How's everyone doing today? Let's try that again. Good morning. How is everyone doing today? Much better, much better energy. Awesome. My name is Ptolemy Matthews. I'm here to share the giving message with you this morning. And early in the week, about Monday or so, I don't know why, but God put it on my mind and my heart to bless someone. And so I would like to bless someone. Who out there would like to be blessed this morning? No, I'm looking for a volunteer. Who would like to be blessed this morning? Come on up. Anthony, come on up. All right, Anthony. Um, I want to bless you with $40. No strings attached. Will you accept this $40? Awesome. Yeah, sure. So now, I have a question for you. Out of that $40, if I were to ask you to give me back four of the dollars, would you be willing to do that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Thought I might, he might say that. Um, but let's say I don't want the money for me. Um, I want you to choose somebody at random, maybe after service, and I want you to bless them, maybe take them to the collective and purchase a donut for them or coffee or something like that. Would you be willing to do that? Yes. Why? Because um, when you are blessed, it's a blessing to bless others. Awesome. Awesome. Please give it up for Anthony. Appreciate it. When I was young, I had a friend, um, his name was Evan. Evan was one of those crazy little kids. He was about five or six years old. He was the son of one of our uh, pastors at the church that I grew up in. And so one day Cecil takes Evan to the grocery store. They buy a few items and then they're going through the checkout and Evan's about five or six, so he's on this level. And what's of course eye level there? Candy. So of course, as most little kids do, Daddy, can you buy me some gum? So Cecil's like, yeah, Evan, I'll, I'll get you a pack of gum. So Evan chooses some watermelon bubblicious gum and his eyes light up. He can barely wait to get out of the store. He rips into the package. He pulls out two of those um, sticks of gum, throws them into his mouth. He's chewing, it's bursting with flavor and he's like just enjoying it, blowing bubbles and everything. And Cecil's looking at him like, man, Evan, you are making that look really good. Can, can, can I get a piece of that candy so I can, uh, that gum so I can and enjoy it too and Evan does this he's like no it's my gum you gave it to me and you can't have any my precious and we laugh and some of us that have children know that sometimes uh, we can give them things and they're not always generous back with the things that we give them but here's the thing a lot of times we're like that in real life now we can have the mindset of Anthony or we can have the mindset of Evan, and we make a choice every single day. In First Chronicles, the 29th chapter and the 14th verse, this is David talking to God. I guess I'll pull it up there. Bianca, you got that slide for me? There we go. This is David praying, and he says, but who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. Everything 
comes from you. The air we breathe, the health that we have, the shoes on our feet, the clothes on our back, the homes we live in, the cars we drive, the jobs that he's blessed us with, the money that is in our accounts, whether it's a lot or whether it's not a lot. Everything comes from God. And so what I've found is that oftentimes how we live our lives reflects our perspective on who we are and what we have. If you truly believe that everything comes from God, then you say, God, you have given to me freely. So when you come calling and asking for something, I willingly give freely. So if you're asking for a tithe, which was that $4 that I was asking if Anthony would give, no thing at all. Of course, I'm more than willing to give back. Or maybe God puts it on your heart to help somebody who is struggling and who is having a difficult time in life. And so you're willing to give to that person as well. Why? Because everything that you have gotten is from God's abundance. And so sharing that with others. But on the other hand, we're also human. And so maybe sometimes we take that heaven mindset, it's mine. And God, you can, we're not that foolish to actually say, God, you can't have it. But sometimes maybe in our actions, that's precisely what we do. Sometimes we can see a need and not feel it. Or we can see that somebody needs some help and not offer our time or maybe some of our resources and things like that. And that's not to, to beat you up or anything like that. But in 2020, at the beginning of the year, I believe that God is giving us an opportunity to be purposeful and intentional about giving and to say, God, you know what? You gave us everything. Everything belongs to you. What do you want from me? I want to give back as well. And as the ushers come forward, I want to challenge us to take a careful inventory and assessment of our hearts. Who are we like? Is our mindset like Anthony's God, everything is yours? Or is it like Evan's? Mine. Three ways to give, cash or checks, online at avjourney.com or the mobile. Um, you can text JC to 45888. I wanna pray over us in the offering this morning. Father God, we thank you so much for your awesome love and for your, your generosity to us. And we want to reflect your heart in giving as well. And so as we give our offering this morning, God, and not just here, but even as we go forth from this place, we say thank you so much for all the ways that you have provided for us and for giving us life and health and more than anything, your son to die for us. And so we give back to you. We are yours. We affirm that and reaffirm it, dear God. Take what we have bless. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Here to give announcements today, Tyler and Patrick. Good morning. Good morning. We are the hat duo. We didn't even coordinate it, but no, it works. We did not. No, we We're did okay not. with it. My name is Tyler. And my name is Patrick. And we have a couple announcements this morning for you guys. First off, we have to dismiss our fifth and sixth graders. They already know the queue. There's a couple of them walking around already. Your teacher is going to beat you guys out in the lobby out there. Yeah. Yep, and we have a lot of cool things going on in the life of our church. One of the biggest things is Night to Shine is coming. I don't know if you guys have been a part of Night to Shine. We showed the video last week. You can watch that. But what this is, is it is through the Tim Tebow Foundation. And uh, what it is, is it is a prom for special needs individuals. And so uh, 
Registration is now open for guests and for volunteers. If you want to be a part of this, it's an incredible night. Last year, we had people who buddied up, and you get to, you can be a buddy and go to prom with someone and uh, hang out with them, get all dressed up, and just celebrate and make it an incredible night. There's a lot of opportunities to get involved. If you're wanting to volunteer, you want to be a buddy for somebody, or you want to just make sure that the logistics are all good, uh, there are trainings for that. The first one is this evening at 4 o'clock at Lancaster First Assembly. The, the actual event is on the 7th, February 7th. You can find out more information at our hotspot, which is right out these doors and to, the, to your right. But don't miss out on this. It's an incredible opportunity to just serve our community. It's such a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, it really is. Okay, mothers, we actually have an event this weekend on Saturday. It's called Mom's University. It's going to be this Saturday, 10 to 12. And there we're going to actually have this free event where child care is taken care of. Um, there's going to be many sessions for self-care for our moms given by a licensed therapist, fitness tips for our moms from uh, Melissa Ippolito, which is actually someone here. Um, and as well, we have Safer Beauty by Brooke Housinger. Um, but there's going to be even more, but moms don't miss it. Dads, if you're feeling like a mom, you're still not invited. Still not invited. It's life hacks for moms, you know, make life easier. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a mom, but I assume life hacks would be easy, would be helpful <laughs> for how to still manage your own life, oh, your yeah, self-care, sure. while taking care of all these kids. We also got things for our men in the house. Where's our men at? Oh, my dad is here, so it's great. <laughs> for our men in the house, we have Barbarian Circle coming. If you want to throw an axe or you just feel like you need to just pick up something really heavy, this is for you. I'm just kidding. You don't have to do any of that. You don't even have to have chest hair. You can just show up. For our <laughs> men in the house who want to just be a part of community for this month, uh, starting on Thursday night here at this building at 7 o'clock. You can come and join, and they're just going to be talking about their lives, what's going on in their worlds, what their relationships with God, and just kind of being intentional to, to hang out with each other and build some community. So don't miss out on that. Yeah, don't miss out. Also, uh, this, actually not this Wednesday, the following Wednesday, it's going to be the 22nd. We get to serve at Grace Resources. Um, so at Journey, we go by the words that we love God, love others, and serve the world, and that's actually something where we can do all three of those things. It'll be super cool. Um, but if you aren't already on that incredible team, there is actually sign-ups at the hotspot out there in the lobby, so we can figure that out and have a super awesome time doing that. Yeah, that's going to be great. And the last and final thing is we are a part of a fast. We're kicking off, and uh, you don't want to miss this. My dad's going to be talking about what that looks like today. It's an incredible message, so you'll get more information on that. But there's a lot of ways to be involved in that. You may actually want to kick it off today because I was informed that February 2nd, we're going to be doing it through the thir from the 13th. To February 2nd, but if you start today, you can end it on Super Bowl Sunday. So it's a 21 day fast, so that's yeah. important. Otherwise, you will miss the opportunity to eat and veg out on Super Bowl Sunday. And maybe you need that, and that's healthy for you as well. But this is an opportunity. The other things are uh, we have Wednesday nights for the next three weeks during this fast. We're going to be doing yeah. prayer nights here at the church at 6.30. If you want to just come out, it is nothing. There is no set structure. We don't have a service. We're just going to come together. Bring your Bible. Bring your journal. Come and hang out. And we're just going to pray and seek God together. I've found that the fast is so much more effective in community than it is on your own. It Definitely. can be so discouraging when you're by yourself to try to figure out what to do. But when you get to start hearing what God is doing in the lives of others, there's something really incredible that... The encouragement that takes place is really important. The other thing is, on our social media, if you follow us on Instagram, there are daily devotionals that will be put out and opportunities, tips on how to fast, recipes, and all kinds of stuff are being put up on uh, our social media and ways to how to do this thing well, how to enjoy it. Believe it or not, this is supposed to be a joy-filled thing, not just, you know, take away your fun, your food. 
so this is going to be a great season. Don't miss out on that. It's going to be a lot of opportunities to get connected. Yeah, definitely don't. And by the way, we just want to welcome all the new people here. Um, we love having guests, and we want you guys to be part of our family. But we also have a great gift out at the hotspot for you guys. So go and check that out after service. Other than that, let's uh, get a little stand up and say hi to the people around us. seat everybody good morning I'm Dave one of the pastors and <clears throat> really excited you're here welcome everybody and welcome all of our friends and family online let me ask you a question you ever hit one of those seasons where kind of life was getting out of hand and it was just like really really crazy and <clears throat> somehow in the circumstances that you just kind of you missed something really important I mean anybody ever do that like an anniversary Guys, I know sometimes we're, we're just kind of known for some of those things. A birthday. Ladies, you ever miss that special guy's birthday family member? You ever miss something important like deodorant before church? <clears throat> How does that happen? I'm sorry, but it's real. <clears throat> you ever forget something, though, that just kind of like, not only is it like a little awkward, but it's like, oh, no. I'm thinking back, one of the worst experiences of my pastoral ministry um, Several years ago, there was a young man who was part of our church who had a lot of health issues. He passed. It was a very sad time, but um, the family came to me and asked if I could perform the ceremony and, of course, the funeral service and the memorial. I said, yeah, of course, I'd be happy to. Um, it was one of those crazy times. Things were busy. They had to put it off for a little bit to gather everybody and make all the contacts, <clears throat> make sure everybody was aware. Um, there was a day. There was, there was one of those days I was really just going 90 miles an hour usually I was and do and and as I was going getting ready to go home I think I was taking the trash out back behind the church and and it was one of those things I was at the time it was very few of us and I was trying to do multiple roles I was running back around the corner from the back and I stepped through the planter and there was a brick that wasn't stuck well and I just caught the edge of it rolled my ankle and went tumbling into the parking lot as I do I just hopped up you know anybody looking you know I'm good I'm good so I'm cool, you know, <clears throat> and made my way to the car, went home, and that night I couldn't sleep at all. I mean, I was in so much pain. My ankle was all getting black and blue, and it was just really, really sore. And so the first thing in the morning, I'm like, jump up. I'm like, I, gotta, God, I just got to go to urgent care. So I go into urgent care, and um, sure enough, the x-ray, it, <clears throat> it's broken. You know, it fit me with one of those. I, I didn't want to cast cast because... That's just too restrictive. So give me one of those boots, you know, that way I could, you know, crutches in a boot and I'll be good. Um, I, I can't remember what they actually did. But I remember a little bit later on um, that morning as I was driving, um, I get a phone call. And this phone, 
this person's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm in my car. Who is this? They identified themselves and they said, you're supposed to be here. I'm like, where? The memorial service has started. It's 15 minutes in. Where are you on your way? And it hit me and I look, I'm in a baseball cap, t-shirt, jeans, and I'm like, I will be, I'm going to change. I'll be right there. And it hit me. And it's one of those moments, I kid you not, it, it's like one of those vortex, you know, when they do that special effect on the movies where it's like zooming out and zooming in at the same time. It's like, I'm like, ah! and I'm like, this was the great nightmare that I've, I've had since I was, you know, just a beginner in church ministry. I'm like, that you have forgotten something so significant that these people will never forgive you. And I'm like, I am so sorry. And they're like, we don't want to hear it, whatever, you know, just do what you're doing. You've obviously got other things going on. And I, I didn't even, I couldn't even explain it. There's nothing you can say. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so sorry. And so I said, can we, you know, they, they said, well, there's happened there be a friend who I guess a former ministry person. And they, they said that they just kind of stepped up and led the ser- service. And I'm like, one of those things I was calling him and calling him saying, can we meet? I just want to, I just want to talk with you and just can't tell you how terribly sorry I am. So they came and sure enough, they just kind of told me really how they felt and I deserved it. <clears throat> and I was just sitting there going, oh man, I, I had to take it. There, there just was one of those moments. And, and I'll never forget the, the, the mom looked at me and she goes, you know, there must be really something wrong with your life. Forget something that's important. There must be something really wrong with your life to forget something like this. And she was absolutely right. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> my, my life was so totally out of whack. It was out of balance. I'd been running 90 miles an hour for years. Uh, I, this kind of just, it's my personal wiring, perhaps, but it's also just my perspective I just, oh, I, was, I wasn't sleeping. The thing is, I wanted in ministry, you know, you get into it because you want to help people. And then there's people that are just, there's so many people that start getting, you know, connected. And their church was growing. I was kind of like, I, I, I want to make everybody happy. I want to be there for everybody's special thing. I want to help everybody for their weddings and funerals and their counseling and all these things. And, and every time I say yes, my world just gets more and more compressed to the point where at some point it either collapses or explodes. And it kind of did a little combination there. And I'm, and I'm saying that because I, can, I could look back at my life. And, and I remember <clears throat> I wasn't sleeping. I couldn't rest even when I had a day off. I had a twitch in my eye that would just come randomly. And it looked like I was blinking at people. It was so awkward. I'm like, no, I'm not really. It's not, I'm not flirting, really. It's, it's, <clears throat> it was, I had stomach and digestive issues. Top that, I, I, <clears throat> I just kind of. I was so worn out that I could step off just on a little brick and, and break my ankle. And, and it's one of those times when I just look at my life and I was like, man, for years I've been preaching about this amazing life that Jesus has invited us into. I've been talking about the, the, this, the covenant that he's offered to anybody who would come to him. And I'm just like, this, these words are true. I believe this with all my heart. But for some reason, I couldn't figure out how to literally apply that to my day-to-day life. As a matter of fact, I, I was wrestling so much. It was like, I remember talking with Lori at those times, and it's like our whole ministry. I've been doing this for 30 years at the time, or around, around that, or 20-some years. And I just, like, from the beginning, it's like, oh, Lori, it's just this season. 
You know, when Christmas is over, you know, I'll slow down. Everything will be back to normal. And we'll be, it'll be good. When, when New Year's. Okay, well, I forgot New Year's. New Year's is coming, you know, so it's got to be. So after New Year's, and then it's like, well, Easter's right on our hill, so it's Easter. And after this marriage thing, after this counseling, after this appointment, after this, yeah, I've got to leave my birthday party because there's this crisis. I've got to go to the hospital. And I will, will, I will one day slow down. And I just remember, fast forward to just just about a year and a half ago when I went through a physical collapse it kind of brought me back to that place of brokenness Um, and and you see why a person like me who's kind of wired like me and a person who's kind of a struggle with a people pleasing kind of attitude of personality that it can be really complex to to figure out how to balance our lives and my guess is that it doesn't matter if you're like me and your personality. My guess is there are folks here today, there are people here, you probably in some way can resonate with this thing that my life is not what I imagined it would be right now. I mean, if I were to pick a life out of all the lives and say, oh, that's the one I want, this isn't it. I would have picked that guy's or hers at that one. I probably would say, this is not a bad life, but it wasn't the life that I really would call abundant joyful, full of, you know, full of all the good stuff. I mean, it's just life. <clears throat> and, and maybe you can see why I, I just call people and, and why this season, ever since that experience, I've been on this quest. I've been on this journey. I've been just trying to read and study and listen and, and just tune back into, man, there's got to be more. It's got to be better than this. I mean, I love my life. Don't get me wrong. I love, you know, I love my family. I love, I love you guys. I just, I'd love to make everybody's day and like to make everything happen and everything to work. But I just, I come to the conclusion and I started a, that about that season tuning into a different voice and a different demand and a different pace. And this is the thing. What I discovered is to live this life of fullness and abundance, your best life, you can't do that just by believing good information. I mean, if that were true, the Pharisees would have been the most joyful, life-filled people of all. Religious people would be absolutely bursting with this goodness and an overflow of their life. Everybody in their lives would be like, what are you doing, man? I need some of that. But it seems that it's actually sometimes the opposite. And I know in my life, so what I would have discovered is that the people who experience Jesus' life, this life that he said is full and abundant, are the people who practice how Jesus lived. Let Let me say it another way. To experience the life Jesus offered, you have to live the life Jesus offered. It's not about just, I know that Jesus called me to live this certain way. And I agree with him. I think he's smart. He's God. He's gotta be. But it's beyond that. It's actually like, I feel like my soul resonates. It's kind of like when you strike middle C on a tuning fork. It is a mathematical reality. It's woven into the way the world was made. And that's where your soul resonates with this sense that there's more. And when I hear certain words, when I hear certain aspects of God's invitation and Jesus' call to apprenticeship, to living life to the full, it's like that tuning fork in my heart. It's like, oh man, that is what I want. I, I I connect with that. I want that. But how do I get that? And this is that journey that we're on. I'm, I've, because I had convinced myself, since, since I was doing the work of God, that God would cover me. 
right? It's kind of like my Superman Under Armour. You know, it's like it's, it's inside because I'm doing God's work. And so, God, you've got to take care of this stuff. I mean, <clears throat> I can punish myself physically and financially and personally in all these different ways um, because, you know, I'm serving you. And so you're going to cover me, right? I cannot eat right, sleep right, whatever. Wrong. That's why over the past years, the last year and a half, two years, I, I, this invitation of Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty three has been like a song. You, give, you ever get one of those in the morning, like the song that wakes you up or whatever, and you can't get it out of your head? You ever, you ever like, catch on to something It's like it just sticks with you? This has been one of those things that's haunted me in a very good way for this last season of my life. I, f- I find these words just so accurate. It's kind of like surgical in the way that they, they touch something inside of me, deep inside my heart. As David would say, it's deep calling unto deep. This is what Jesus, Jesus said. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And is there anybody in there that could just kind of relate a little bit to those words? Just weary? I mean, down to your soul? I mean, it's like interior weariness? It's not just like, yeah, I need a little more sleep. It's like, no, man, there's just something about, my, about the yearnings of my heart. I just feel like my soul sometimes is just collapsing within itself. Are you burdened? That just means you carrying junk and the junk of life is just kind of crushing the life out of it. He said, come to me. If that's you, weary and burdened, I will give you rest. And again, this isn't just rest for a good night's sleep. He's talking about a replenishing that is actually going to fill you with the life you dream of, that you desire. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble. Did you know this is how Jesus describes himself? Gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light. And again, I, I just find those words to just kind of resonate with the deepest part of me as I, as I hear Jesus' invitation that following Jesus, when you apprentice your life to Jesus, when you actually begin to mold your life and the way that you experience your day-to-day going and coming and, and interactions and relationships, when you do that in the way of Jesus, you experience the things that Jesus experienced. You get to have the life that he has on offer. He says, come to me. <clears throat> and it's, it, this is deep work that begins within our souls when we decide to, to pursue lesser things second or third. When we tune out on the incidentals, when we quit playing trivial pursuit with our lives, when we say there is a maker and he has intentions for me, and if I tune into those, if I, if I focus on those, if I, if I get those clear in my mind and I begin to form my life in those ways, I get to experience the life God intended. And, and this becomes an obsession of sorts to people who catch on to the way you feel when you begin to walk like this. To accept Jesus' invitation is to walk in the easy yoke of Jesus. Can you say that's what your life could be summarized as? You're walking in the easy yoke of Jesus. And the outflow of that is joy, love, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I mean, those things just exude from your person because you just are walking in the yoke of Jesus. Because you know what a yoke is, right? A couple different definitions from this time period. A yoke was a device that was put, it was either leather or wooden, it was put between two large animals like oxen 
so that they could share the burden of the, whatever it was that they were trying to accomplish. So if they were plowing a field or raising a, a building or whatever it was, <clears throat> they would yoke together to mighty beasts. And Jesus said, yoke your life to mine. Let me put my shoulder to your plow. Let me help you get to the dreams God has planted in your heart. But you do it by just coming right alongside me and let me show you. Learn from me. I'm going to show you how to do it. It's like they yoke a brand new oxen, a young and aggressive one, with a more mature and balanced one that knows the ropes because they know that they, in time, if one gets ahead, it chokes them. So they have to back up and they learn that in pulling together, they actually accomplish. But there's another word for yoke. Yoke actually was a reference to uh, a rabbi's take on the covenant of God, like like the Torah. So a rabbi would take the Torah, he would interpret it, and he would try and explain it to people. And his explanation or the way he viewed and interpreted Torah was also known as his yoke. And Jesus was saying, come and learn what the gospel, what the words of God, what the scriptures actually mean through me. I'm going to show you. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Follow me. But it requires this kind of a life, requires that I slow down to pair with whoever I'm yoked to. And Jesus, by the way, I never see him running anywhere in Scripture. When he says, learn from me, step into the place where I am stepping, move at the pace I'm moving. Can I tell you what John Ortberg says is so true? You you find it really hard to, you, you find a hard time following somebody when you're in front of them. It's hard to follow somebody when you're out in front of them. And, he, and this is what it is with some of us in Jesus. Like, no, I'm going to do this. You come, come, come along, come along. And Jesus is like, you're going to get what you've already got. More disappointment, more, heart, more heartbreak, and more you're going to end up on one day and just like, what is going on? Why is my life not working? This, this is what, I look at this, the, the pace of life of Jesus. And we're going to break this down in the next few weeks and go into it in much more detail. But I, I never see Jesus running. I never see Jesus stressed out. And believe me, he was a person who had so much to accomplish. I mean, he was saving the world. How many of you got that on your agenda today? Die for humanity, you know, renovate all of creation. This is what Jesus was up to. The renewal project of God has begun in Messiah. And Jesus is the one that came to introduce the kingdom to bring the reign of God back to earth. And he was like, this, this requires precision and concentration. But one thing it didn't require was hurry or stress, or freaking out, or trying to please everybody. Can I tell you, of all the people in the world, Jesus was one who could have really met everybody's needs, but he didn't. He localized himself. This was a God, by the way, if you read scripture, it said he was not one that was attractive externally. Scriptures talk about he was just normal. If you got to pick what body you come into in the earth, come on, who would you be? And and some of you are like, me, of course. (laughs) This one, what not to love. But Jesus chose ordinary. He chose an ordinary family. He chose one with brothers and sisters. The scriptures talk about they didn't even believe in him for a while. He talked about normal situation, a little village. He could have come to a metropolitan place where he was king. It was big. It was large and large and in charge. But instead, he became a child and a baby, an infant. And he put himself in a little family in a, in a no-name place that nobody would have. It's so obscure that it's like, this is your choice. This, this is how Jesus walked. He walked in love and celebration of life and servanthood, but he, he lived in constant communion with the Father. We're going to go into more of that again in the next few weeks, but... Here's the thing. 
If you want the life of Jesus, as I've been discovering and as I'm working really, really still to just tune my heart to this, you've got to walk the ways of Jesus. You can't experience his rest, his pace, his life at 90 miles an hour. Becoming an apprentice to Jesus, again, is partnering with him in the pace of life that Jesus is moving. And for some of us, that's really challenging. And this is what we're going to be talking about. This series is Your Best Life. Because what I really want, and, and again, this is, a, this is a continuation of the journey that we've been on for this past year. Um, it's some new thoughts and new topics, but it is, it is just a continuation of this thought that, that you were meant for something significant. You were meant for something beautiful. That your life was meant to not only expose, you know, that, that God is smart and his creation is good, but that following him is absolutely the most beautiful way to live. I mean, the dream of God when he brought out Abraham from among all the people in the world is that I'm going to bless you and I'm going to walk with you in a way that everybody else is going to say, I want some of that. I believe that that was the point of Jesus, his, his whole take on this when he's saying, you come to me and you live in these ways, believe me. Everybody wants a piece of a life like that. And that's what we're inviting us into. But when, when I slow down and when I recenter myself on Jesus and his way of life, I've got to be honest, I feel my heart begin to come alive. I, I feel hope arise. I feel, I feel some of the cloud of just like, I'll never be enough. I can't accomplish it all. I just too much. I feel that just kind of parting. It's, it's honestly, as I read certain authors, and, and right now I've been really just camping in some really good Dallas Willard and John Ortberg and some John Mark Comer and some of these kind of guys. And as I'm in these kinds of thoughts and some of these people <clears throat> that are all about the interior life, I'm like, I begin to just feel like that little burst, like spring when something breaks through the ground and there's life again. It's like, oh man, that's it. That's what I'm after. And so this, this year, this new series, um, I, want, I just want to talk and help us discover what, what Paul said. What we picked up last week is kind of our theme to launch. It's like Paul said, you know, everything else is worthless. I've had it all. Everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Total ambition of his life nailed in this one verse, verse 10. I want to know Christ. He goes on, I, I mean, I want to know him, know him. Like, I want to know what drove him, the power that, in, that lifted him out of the grave. I want to understand his sufferings and what he accomplished for us. I really want to, I want to immerse myself in the pursuit and into the formation of Rabbi Jesus, my, my rabbi, my Lord, my Messiah. And Paul discovered the secret of walking in joy and contentment and confidence was to make his great desire, his number one focus, to know Jesus, to walk in the ways of Jesus. And very few people had, very few people had that kind of impact that the Apostle Paul had. So that's what we're doing. <clears throat> and you can join me on this journey. And, and just to get us booted up together, just so we're kind of on the same page, I'm going to invite you to begin this season. As Tyler said, we, we're beginning with this thing called the 21-day fast. And I'm, I'm going to go into it, and I don't want this to be too complicated or, or any guilt-producing, but I'm just inviting the church to join me for a season of kind of pulling away from all the other stuff, the noise, the busyness, all the scheduling, for just a few moments each day. And just saying, 
God, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I want to strike that. I want the tuning fork of my heart to just, just resonate with the same frequency that you and the kingdom have. I, want to, I just want to capture what it is your heart has done when it created me. And you said you made me for a purpose. I want, I want, to, I want to find that. I want to walk in that. I, I want to really discern what you're up to in the world. Not just in the world, but in me. And, and I want to walk a new way. I'm, I'm just realizing there's more. There's got to be more. You think about the, the way that fasting is woven throughout Scripture. It was a way that folks did that. They, it's how they retuned themselves. It's how they recalibrated themselves to capture, once again, what God was up to. The essence of God's call in their heart sometimes couldn't be ga- captured with the busyness and rush of life. There had to be a time of pulling away. So we think about the heroes of the Bible. They all lived these deep, impactful lives, and all of them used the times of prayer and fasting to bring them moments of focus or clarity or emergencies that they needed a special like insight from God. <clears throat> Think about Moses, the lawgiver. He was after 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain that God gave him the words that became the covenant that have literally transformed all of humankind. We, we call it our Old Testament, but it has been more than that. It's, you know, it is the lifeblood of of humanity and, and so many cultures are built on just that very value system. David the king, Elijah the prophet, <clears throat> Esther the queen, Daniel the seer, ne- Nehemiah the leader, Anna the prophetess, Paul the apostle, and even Jesus the incarnate God. Also, there were times when they would separate themselves to do something that was focused and in tuning into God <clears throat> in one powerful way. Godly people throughout history have recalibrated, recentered, refocused their lives to what matters most. So what does it mean? What is, what is fasting? Maybe it's a word that you're not terribly familiar with. I'm sure you have some acquaintance with it, but fasting is basically the spiritual discipline of denying our physical appetite to focus on God. It's denying our physical appetite to really release and focus on our spiritual appetite. It's, fa- it's setting aside something our body needs to focus on what our spirit needs. It's saying no to something that I yearn for physically so that I can really retune myself to what I need spiritually. <clears throat> and for the most part, let's just be honest, fasting is a little countercultural. Anybody in your workplace saying, yeah, I love fasting, all about it. Denial, that's what I'm into. I mean, what, what in, who in our culture is really about denial? Isn't that the major pushback against church and preachers a lot of times? It's like, you're trying to tell me how to live. Don't you tell me. Nobody can tell me. I'm not gay. Don't, don't deny me anything I want or want to, how I want to express myself. Denial. So we're not into denial in our culture. So when a person's, one of the great, most difficult things you will ever deny is your appetite by pushing back from the table. <clears throat> denial of that kind, it gets people's attention, particularly yours and your stomachs. And we're... Fasting is basically saying, I'm denying my appetite for a moment, for a season, for this little bit of time. And, and I'm going to focus it on God. This isn't a substitute, by the way, for your, your time with God. If, if, you don't, if you don't have a relationship with God where you, you kind of know and are comfortable in His presence or, or reading the Scriptures and, and maybe just opening your heart and talking with Him, then this is a great kickoff. But those things go hand in hand. <clears throat> this is maybe just a way to get started. But, but fasting, let me just be honest. Um, fasting is a way to tune in your eyes, to focus in. Because, man, if, is it, 
is it just me or does life just feel blurry sometimes? Like it's really, it's, there's so many options. Did, did you know that the phone that you carry in your pocket is, is more powerful than all the computers that were on the earth together, you know, just 20 years ago? That the thing that you carry around is we have so much power, so much technology, so much push, so much drive, so much information that it's like, it's just, it's like lights in the night. They, you just get a stream of them and it's just blurry. It just, there's hard to focus on any one thing when you have too many options. Like going through, you know, a, a brand new buffet line in a foreign country and you're like, I don't even know where to begin. This, this is like life is so many options, so many choices, so many things coming at you at once. It's blurry. <clears throat> and the only way to find clarity is to just step back and to tune into one thing, one thing that brings you back to center. And that, that middle C for, for me, for the kingdom, is, is just the voice of God. It's the sweet presence of my maker. And, it, and it's getting into the scriptures and it's just kind of opening the words and it's letting them soak into my soul. And it's following in the footsteps of Jesus through the, through the New Testament and just finding out what did he do? What did he say? How did he respond? What did he command? What were the ways he said would actually bring life? So throughout scripture, people who were desperate, people who wanted breakthrough, people who needed to hear from God, wanted to refocus their lives, they used this tool. Let me just really go, get practical here for a few minutes. Um, things that you need to know about <clears throat> fasting. First of all, three basic kinds. There are, there are other kinds of fast, but three basic kinds of fast that, that Christianity has been celebrating um, since the beginning. And it's been part of the Jewish culture even before us. Other places in the world, they do this, other cultures too. The absolute fast in Scripture, which is basically no food, no water, nothing. And it usually is a very, very short stint, maybe a meal, two, three, up to maybe three days. I've heard people, it's a miraculous fast if you go beyond that because you're going to die. But beyond that, this is one of those things that, I mean, it's got to be something really like prompted by God. I mean, clearly directed by God for, for me to just really agree to say, hey, you should, you should jump out and not drink or eat anything for several days. Um, that was fun, something for extreme circumstances. We do see it in Scripture. Then there was the normal fast. And, and this is no food of any kind, just lots and lots of liquids, lots of water particularly. <clears throat> and this is the most common type. This is the what when you hear of the word fast, in scripture, this would typically be what it's referring to. It's, uh, it's observed by ancient Jews and Christians and all that. This is the kind that most people agree to when they're saying, I'm going to fast. I'm going to go without food, but I'm just going to drink water for this amount of time. Then there's what's known as the partial fast. Usually it involves giving, uh, giving up a particular food or drinks <clears throat> or other thing for a specific amount of time. And um, it's it's... A lot of people these days call it the Daniel fast or the Daniel plan or the Daniel diet or whatever you want to call it because Daniel was a guy in the Bible who chose not to eat anything for three weeks, for 21 days, um, while he tuned in and really listened and worked on hearing God. So Daniel basically went on a 21-day fast, and it impacted his entire generation. It impacted his entire nation. His was a partial fast. So as we have for the past... We were talking about last night, how many years we've been doing this? We looked it up and it's like nine years. We want to join in the 10th year. As we head into the 10th year, Journey Church has been celebrating this fast. This is the opportunity. And if, if you want to take the challenge, <clears throat> can I just say a couple things about that? First of all, this is, not, this is not for people who do not have a relationship with God and want to just make God like you. <clears throat> I'll come to that in a moment. 
what I'm inviting you into is to eat nothing, water only, for one or whatever you choose meals a day for the next few days. Next three days, particularly, to launch the fast that you pick one meal or if you want to go all in and you're, you're conditioned for this, you have health and all these things, you're, you're, maybe go for a couple, two, three, and if you want to go all day, great. But that rather than you eating and sitting down for a meal, you go take that time to read, to pray, to focus on God, to sit in silence and meditate and just wait on Him. <clears throat> day four, maybe then you pick up the Daniel plan. Maybe you go to juices. Maybe you go to fruits and vegetables. Um, that you break up your normal routine. Part of it is just the disruption of what you normally do so that you have to think through what it is you're doing and why. It's a reminder to stop. Wait, this isn't my normal routine, so I have to think about it because it wants to bring me back to this point where I'm like, okay, God, what are you up to? I, I want to remember. That's why I'm doing this. So Daniel, the Daniel plan came or the Daniel fast came from Daniel chapter 10. Um, what happened, Daniel's country was overthrown. The Jewish race, the Hebrew people were overthrown by the Babylonians. And the king of the Babylonians wanted to go take from all the cultures they conquered the very finest, the best, the brightest, the strongest, the best looking of all the cultures. And he wanted to bring like a super team together of all these cultures and, and make them part of his little group of advisors. He wanted them to be some of the leaders of his growing and, and you know, burgeoning kingdom. So one of the young men who was chosen for this was Daniel. Daniel was a follower of God and coming from the Hebrew background and the, and the Jewish nation, they, they worshiped the one God, Jehovah, <clears throat> Yahweh. And basically, he came to this place, even though he was a conquered people, even though he watched probably family members or at least people in his community be slaughtered, he, was, he saw this, this horrible circumstance as God's, perhaps God's hand to do something great. He was invited into a place of influence and power so he saw that God must be up to something. I want to find out what. So Daniel had this vision, and what he did was try to figure out what God was up to. He placed himself on a very specific diet, very specific plan for 21 days. <clears throat> Basically, he said, he said uh, you know, it's uh, ate no choice foods, and what scholars tell us is no bread, no meat, no dairy, no sweet. No bread, no meat, no dairy, no sweet. Can you say that? Yeah, sure you can. Try it. No bread, no meat, no, no dairy, no sweets. <clears throat> Basically, fruit and veggies only for 21 days. And he set his heart towards God for those 21 days. He sought God, and rather than just, just worry about the food, um, he put himself into this mode of, I'm, I'm tuning into God. I have to have my strength because I'm, asked to be, I'm being asked to do some things that are very taxing mentally and physically. So um, I'll need some sustenance, but I'm, I'm going to change things. I'm not going to partake in the regular affairs of life so that I can hear from God. <clears throat> now... Just let me go back to this and say, with that as our backdrop, a fast is between you and God. It's not proving something to me. It's not, you know, oh, I'm in, I'm in the club, you know, the spiritual people. It's, it's between you and God, what you're doing, whether you're doing it and stuff. And another thing I want to say that if you cannot, it's hard, so don't think, oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to feel really good when I'm not eating for three days or whatever. It's, it's not that you're going to feel good, but if it's not about what you're feeling physically as much as it is what it's tuning you into spiritually. But if this is producing anger and grumpiness and a lack of joy, if it's actually ruining you, I mean, it might for a moment. Again, it's not easy. It's not meant to be. But if this is hurting you or relationships, then, then don't do it. This, this isn't something that's, oh, it's legal. No, this actually isn't commanded in the New Testament. We're not commanded. We know what it does, though, the power of this. So that's why we do it. <clears throat> 
but don't be like, oh, I have to to make God happy. Let me just give you a couple reasons why not to do this. We don't do it to be, it's not a weight loss program. Don't do it just to lose weight. I mean, you can, that's, that's great, but that's probably not going to result in your heart tuning into the heart of God in the way that you're after. This is not a weight loss program per se. I, I always lose weight and it's great, but that's not the point. Don't do it just to punish yourself because that makes God like you. There's something a little twisted about that. I mean, that's, to be honest, that is the Greek and Roman gods. That is the pantheon. That is, there are a lot of twisted religions out there that say God is really, he's just really this twisted creature up there that wants to make you punished. And when you, the more you sacrifice, the more you give, the more you hurt, then the more he likes it. And the more good stuff he'll do for you. That, that's not the God of the scriptures. But there is such a thing as I'm tuning myself to God and I am disciplining myself, which sometimes means I'm, I'm a little harder on myself, on my body, so that I can accomplish the things that I couldn't accomplish if I didn't. I got to do this, like training for a triathlon or something. You do things that you wouldn't normally do because you want to accomplish something you could never accomplish otherwise. You've got to tune in and you've got to, rather than trying, you're training. That's what it's about. So don't, it's not about punishing yourself. Man, it's, it's help. One thing it does, it helps bring to the surface areas of your life where you've compromised, where you need God's, God's forgiveness and healing and and breakthrough. But yeah, it's, it's not meant to punish yourself. And I struggle with that because sometimes, and for whatever reason, my twisted thinking of just kind of how I sometimes fear God is, I, I think, oh man, God wants me to hurt. And, and, and yeah, the more I sacrifice, the more he'll like it. And that's just not this God. The other one is don't do it just for the attention of others. Jesus talked about it. He goes, hey, when you fast, man, don't go around like, oh, I'm so hungry. You know, look at me, I'm fast. What's wrong? I'm spiritual. My church, we're doing this spiritual thing. You know, you if you want to be spiritual, you could starve too. It's great. I, as a matter of fact, let's do the whole office. Let's everybody be mad and grumpy and not like each other. And that's all because it's really, really hard. And the more hard you do stuff, Jesus loves it. And if, you know, if you're doing it for others' attention, it's just, just skip it. He goes, that's the whole reward you're going to get is somebody's like, oh, you're not in for that. So it's not about attention. So it says, go about your normal routine. Do what you normally do. Um, just when it's time for this, you slip away. You break away and you just find a quiet place and you just spend that with God. <clears throat> why do we fast? We, that's reasons we don't, but why do we? A couple things. It refocuses our desires. Psalms 37, 4. I love this. Delight yourself in the Lord. Find your delight in God. Really get to know Him and He's just gonna, you're going to discover that that's where delight is. He says, and you will... He will give you the desires of your heart. What is that again? Make God the center of your delight. And he will continue to pour out on you the things that you delight in your heart. He will continue to give the other things that are in your heart. God understands your deepest longings. He understands your heart, your yearnings. He knows that unless we seek him, our greatest treasure will be some trivial trinket that's going to burn or just last a few years and and fade away. It's going to get dented. It's going to get stolen. It's going to get worn out. He said, unless you make him your treasure, unless you make him your great heart's desire, these other things are going to fill that void and they're not going to last or fulfill you. Make him your desire. Because that is one thing that it's fasting focuses our desires. Fasting is saying no to what our bodies desire so that we can attend to what our hearts, our souls desire. So leave the commotion when you abstain from food, step away and just leave all the activity of life. Find a quiet place. 
And just let that place be the place of communion where you just pour out your heart to God. And one of the ways that I do it, we'll go into it more, but is you just get on a reading plan. I, I suggest you maybe download from Version Bible app and you just get like the one I'm going through now. It's really cool. It's, it's called the, the Bible Project. There's a little video devotional. They, they explain the Bible, where it's coming from, what it means. And then they have a little thing that reads to you. You can either read it or it reads to you. You hit the button. Super cool. It's really good. But find a Bible plan. Just begin listening. You might just want to go through the teachings of Jesus or just the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just find something. Get away. Listen to that. And then once you're done, then just begin to say, okay, God, I just want to be with you. Rather than do something for you, I just want to tune in. And for maybe for some of you, for the first several days when you are doing this, discovering this thing, it's just about being still. Just looking at creation, looking at beauty, looking and listening and sensing and being alive for a moment in God's good world and just beginning to tune in to our maker. Then another thing is fasting prepares us for what's coming. When you fast at the beginning of the year, it kind of sets the pace for the whole year. Luke 2, 37, Dr. Luke tells us, Anna never left the temple, but she worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. This is an 84-year-old woman who had spent her lifetime hearing that God for two or for multi-millennia had been promising that he was going to return to earth in Messiah and he was going to begin the kingdom, the, the rule of God was going to return to earth in this person they knew as Messiah. And she was waiting and praying and seeking God and it said that she fasted and prayed and lived in the temple because she wanted to not miss the day that he might arrive. And it was so interesting because this woman dedicated her life to that, seeking God, and God chose that very generation and that very location in that very community to drop the Messiah for that day when they walked in to present him to God on his eighth day. And there she was to see him. And instantly she knew that's the one my heart's been praying for. She held him. And what I'm saying is sometimes we can miss out on what God's doing in our world because we're so busy. How many other people were in the temple that day? How many did they pass by just to get there that did not recognize their hearts were not tuned in that God was doing something amazing in the world that the Messiah, that the God had put on a bod and was walking among us. But she did. His fasting prepares us for what's coming. I just believe great things are coming for your year. When you tune in like this, I just know God is so good that he's up to good things. And when you tune in, you're going to catch into some, catch on to some of this. You're going to be in position when God brings about some of these things. And finally, fasting brings freedom. Once there was a demon-possessed boy that the disciples were trying to cast the demon out, they couldn't. They brought him to Jesus and said, what's up? We used all the things you told us to do. And Jesus said, ah, this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. There are spiritual realities that I don't understand. There are things that go on in the unseen world that are beyond me. And since I don't understand them, and since we don't have the biggest, you know, there's, there's not all this cartography, there's not this map, there's not this way of navigating, there's not, there's not a, a Google Earth for the unseen world. We just have to trust those who live there or who are there that there are things going on that we can engage with when we trust God and we give the authority given us in Jesus' name. We can invade those spaces. And prayer and fasting, those moments where we just really tune into God, it unleashes something. Some of you need to be broken free from some addiction, some thing that's gripped you, some unforgiveness, some experience that you have not been able to escape, the pain of your past, and this may be your moment. To get breakthrough from God. We fast so that the bonds of evil and the evil one are break, will break free and our spirit man, spirit woman can thrive. And as the band comes to wrap us up, 
I just was going over it with my family. Again, this is not a manipulation. If you have health issues, consult your doctor. If you are in a very taxing job, then you'll have to tune this to, it may be juices, it may be vegetables rather than the total fast, whatever. Again, this is not legalism. It's just you decide. Use your meal times as prayer. Go on a, a, and read up on fasting. Oh, by the way, Bianca, one of our team members, um, she has created a daily 21-day fast devotional. Go on the War- Jeff Journey website, abjourney.com. Download that and just get in. She's done such an amazing job of bringing out some thoughts and reflections that would help us as we tune into this. Read up on fasting a little bit. Stay hydrated. Find a prayer partner because it's never as good when you don't share it with somebody. You'll never stick to it quite the same as when you were going through it with somebody. When we're talking about it, I was going over in my mind some of the things that have happened as a result of our fasts in former years. Like year four, we were into this. We were in the building next door, and it was one of those times where we were outgrowing the space, but we could not find We searched high and low all over the community, couldn't find any place. So we went, and through our prayer and fasting, we just gave it to God, and this building right here opened up just next door. I mean, just one door down. <clears throat> During the next few years, we saw all kinds of things broken, like broken records, numeric growth, financial growth, <clears throat> more baptisms than we'd ever experienced, some of the best years ever. We had some really big answers to prayer for our staff, for our key leaders, some very complex problems that God got us wisdom and gave us, led us through. I got sick when I was really, really sick a year and a half ago. The group church, you know, called some prayer and fasting, and they hadn't for weeks been able to find out what it was. They said, oh, it's valley fever. No, it's, you know, whatever. It's mono. And then they kept going and finally said, oh, it's liver cancer, and it's really, really bad news. And after the prayer and fast, they realized it was this really crazy, rare thing that nobody had ever heard of. And they discovered it and were able to treat it. And I'm fully healed in my liver today. That was after a prayer and fast. I just look back and God's answering prayers. Is he wants to answer them in your life, your family life, your business life, your dream life. It's like God wants to bring some new things. And I'm not saying that there's a miracle cure to all your problems. I'm just saying it's a way of getting yourself ready for what God has next. <clears throat> so pray. You can't fast, pray. You can't fast, pick a day, pick a time, and just know that the community of faith at Journey Church is joining you in this pursuit. We are asking God for help. We're hiring a new worship pastor this season. We're in the pursuit right now. We need your prayers that God would just bring us the right person to lead us. Future staff decisions, dreams we have for a building of our own. This, there's so many things that you could pray about. Pray about what's going on in your life, your family, those crises, those things that are coming up. Pray for our country. Just pour out your heart to God about what you want our country to look like and what it will take and inviting his kingdom to come, his will to be done as in heaven. So as we close today, I just want to pray over you before we begin this. And then I just want to release you. Let's bow our heads. God, as we go into the season, oh man, what do you have in store? Like my life, Lord, it was just out of control and it's begun to just find a whole new center, a whole new purpose, a whole new focus. God, I pray this would be a season for others that are just beginning to experience that kind of life. I just, I just am looking forward to the stories of what the breakthroughs and the new things, God. Let this be that season. So we open ourselves to you and we say, God, yoke us together with you as we come under the easy yoke of Jesus that we would find that kind of life Let this be a reboot, a refocus. Let this be a moment, Lord God, where you clear the haze and you help us to discover that life. Life that is truly life. We pray this in Jesus' name. When the church family said, 
Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together. I count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will Lift you up in the lowest valley. Yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Oh, yes, I
Thank you, church. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. to do